This podcast is brought to you by jewishpodcasts.org. Start your very own podcast today at jewishpodcasts.org. Stop, 5781, Perik I may be the only share on Parsha Stav this entire year, and I'm perfectly fine with that. The fact that everybody, nobody remembers what Parsha this is, is totally fine with me. So he took off one pair of clothing. This is the Kohen. And he would put on another pair of clothing, other clothing. And he brought out the ashes to outside of the camp. to a Tahor place. Thank you, David. That's what every Kohen would do in order to take care of his clothes so he wouldn't get himself dirty. Now, what is deshen exactly? What are the deshen that we're referring to? Akstafa Kabbalah says, Afer, Aleph Fe Resh, refers to physical items being burned down to their root and becoming dust that can then fly away right in a little bit of wind. The coarse parts remain below and that don't fly away, that's called Afer. It's dirt. Because literally, even though it's burnt pieces, but it's burnt pieces that are now on the ground. So you have afer, the stuff that flies away with nothing. You have upper, the stuff on the ground. Deshen is the liquid part of the animal that doesn't burn very well, doesn't turn into ashes per se, but rather into something like it. It can only come from animals, something that has moisture within them as opposed to wood or coal that get burned. Wood and coal can only become afer and upper. Deshen can be any of the garbage that comes out from the animal at the very end when it's burned completely. There was something that they had to remove from the Mizbeach every single day. If you're burning all those parts, especially the innards of the animals, and you're putting it on the Mizbeach, you have to get rid of every single day. Yes, there was afer. Yes, there was afer. But there was also deshen. And they would take the deshen. They would take it out outside of the camp completely. Now, what ended up happening was there was two parts to this avoda. The first part of the avoda was taking off the stuff from the Mizbeach itself, and putting it on something called the Tapuach. Tapuach literally was an apple-like sort of area where they would place everything down and they would put it there. And then later on, they had to take that stuff out. They had to move it from there onto somewhere else, which would be outside completely. Once they did that, that was going to be considered that was going to be considered the area where they were hotsaw sedation, where they took it out completely. Now, Rashi says, this is not a chiyuv. It's derech eretz. Because you shouldn't dirty your regular clothing, which is used for the avodah when you're taking the ashes out. And obviously it's going to happen. The ashes are going to get all over. It's going to be, look disgusting. And this is just pure derech eretz. Not a chiyuv, just something that makes sense. After all the clothing, or after all, I should say, the clothing you use to cook for your master should not be the same clothing that you're going to use to serve a cup of wine to your master. And that's the famous muscle that Rashi gives. That's why he says, it means lesser clothing. Shari Aaron says the opposite wouldn't necessarily be true, but that's an obvious idea. The Ramban says there's a machlokis. It's brought down in Yumachav Gimel Mabez. Would the clothes here have to be big day kahuna? Or if they could even be regular big day home, maybe it could be regular clothing that the coin brings in. Because again, this is not part of the avoda. Taking the ashes off the Mizbeach and placing them on the Tapuach, that's an avoda. That you need big day kahuna for. But taking the ashes out of that area of the Tapuach, out of the garbage dump, literally, and taking it outside of the Machina, where you're going outside, that doesn't require big day kuna, or maybe it does. That's the question. The pshat in the psukim seems to mean that it's just normal clothing. If it says this, begadim acherim, it seems to say that it's just regular clothing itself. Then it siv says, like seemingly Rashi says, that it's got to be a form of big day kuna. It can't be the same big tuna. What, what would the regular kuanim wear? That white linen tunic that they would have down? It has to be something similar, but it has to be much less valuable. They still have to be clean. 
That's how the Amloe says it. But he doesn't know if it's an absolute chiyu. Now, that's all regarding what the clothing has to be. The opinion that says that it doesn't need to be big tekuna is most likely Rabbi Eliezer ben Horkinus. Rabbi Eliezer ben Horkinus, who allows Bale Mumin to do this. A Baal Mum is somebody who's missing an arm, missing a leg. There's something wrong, and he can't serve in the base of Mikdash normally. He can't bring a korban in the normal fashion. He can't bring a korban in the normal fashion. That he can't do. But this, to take the ashes out, to bring them somewhere else entirely, that we would allow him to do. And if that's true, that means this isn't an avoda at all, and it's likely he doesn't need big dekuna. That's what a Baal Mum is. The Ritva and the Malbim both say this would mean for sure you don't need anything, and only to bring the ashes out to the tapuach, you would need not to bring it out completely itself. But the Rambam, Hilchos Tamidin Musafin, brings down a parakei alach, beiz alach yud, the clothes you wear for the Trumas Deshen must be different from the clothes you wear for the rest of the avoda, and he seems to say it's still something that's going to be used for the avoda itself. There's an Aznaim Latora that speaks about this, but I'm not going to go into that because that's not what we're really going to do. Let's go into the lesson. What kind of a lesson are we learning from all this? The Gemara Shabbos Kufi Adalit says, I, the clear lesson is, a person should always change his clothing into Shabbos clothing. You have to know what you're wearing in any given situation. What am I going into? What are they looking for? If a person goes into a job interview and he wet, dresses up in his regular everyday clothing that he would normally wear, right, when he's going, I don't know, to Jewel, and he wants to go grab something from the supermarket, right, he wears that same clothing to go in for a job interview. You're not going to get the job. That's not what you have to, you should be looking special when you go in to go do the avoda in the base of Mikdash, even if it's a lowly avoda, like taking out the garbage. But it's still taking out the garbage. And so too, when it comes to Shabbos, there should be a special pair of clothing that you have specifically for Shabbos. I may wear white and black during the week, but of course I have a special Shabbos suit. I, Baruch Hashem, have been zoka to be able to have a yomtif suit, a suit that I only wear on yomtif that I have just for that, and that's that. If you can have a special yumtif tie, if you have a special yumtif, whatever it is, coming up with yumtif, of course, that's something that should be special, that you switch from Shabbos to yumtif. Now, this year, you should just know, for Shabbos going into yumtif, you shouldn't wear your yumtif clothing on Shabbos, because that's preparing for yumtif while it's still Shabbos. You can't do that. You switch into yumtif clothing a little bit later, that you should do. You should not wear your Yom Tov clothing on Shabbos itself unless you're specifically wearing it, you know, for Shabbos the whole day going into Yom That might be a different story, but you have to be careful with that. But that's the definite lesson. The Kohanim dressed up for the Avodah because that's the way they're supposed to do it. They're supposed to look special. People should look at them and say, I want to be like the Kohanim. I want to do what they're doing. That means that a person should wear something honorable, not just for Shabbos, not just for the Avodah, but for davening, to wear something special for davening itself to make sure that he just doesn't go into davening the way it was. Last year, when everybody was home for Pesach and nobody went anywhere because everywhere was shut down, the whole world was shut down, it was difficult to get through people's heads that you still have to daven like a mensch. That you can't wear sweatpants and a t-shirt for davening even though you're at home and even though it's much more comfortable that way. You have to dress up for davening. I, I, the line is, would this be the way, said Yeshaya, that you go to your governor? Would you dress like that to go to your leader, to speak to the city council, to ask for something? Of course not. Nobody would do that. Therefore, you can't do such a thing for davening. And that's how the Gemara and Shabbos Kuvidal understands it, and the Torah Tumima as well. 
Sifse Chachamim learns it out from the words Bigadim, right be the word Acherim. You didn't have to write the word Bigadim. You could just say Balabash Acherim. You could do something like that. Or maybe even the word Acherim is not necessary. It doesn't make a difference. The concept is that that's there. Says your Moshe. You know what another lesson you can learn from over here? Derech Eretz is not just Stam, a nice thing to do. Derech Eretz is a halacha. It's a halacha. It may not be as special as wearing tzitzis, putting on tefillin, not having shotness, or even killing someone. Right? It might not be in that category, but Derech Eretz is considered an actual halacha. Requiring nice clothing for davening or for Shabbos or something like that is a halacha. When you're wearing the wrong clothes, it's as if you, want, you don't understand what you're doing. You don't realize why you're doing it. That could answer what the Ramban above asked on Rashi itself. How could he say that a person is chayiv to change into other clothing? Everybody agrees, Rashi and the Ramban, that a person has to act with Derech Eretz even if it's not a real chiyuv in the Torah itself. The difference is that Rashi holds it's got to be done. It's expected rather than a real chiyuv. It's not a chiyuv, but it's expected of you. And if you do Derech Eretz, of course, it's something that a person should do automatically. And the Ramban says, no, this is a big, it's a geder mitzvah shel Torah. That a person shouldn't think of himself as a tzaddik just because he does something which is expected of him. You have to do something, you have to switch it. And it could be that that's the Machlokas Rashi Ramban and how we understand Derech Eretz. If Derech Eretz is mamish, a mitzvah, or it's begeder mitzvah, the way the Ramban says it, or just something that's expected and you should do it and it's like a mitzvah, but it isn't exactly a mitzvah itself. Okay, that's the idea behind this lesson the Ramosha comes out over here. There's another Machlokis, Rambam, Ravid, as well as seems what Rashi says about what the Afer is, etc. And the Yelis HaShachar talks about a nafgamina of what would be between them. But we don't have time for that today. I want to skip a little bit more and go, where did they bring it? Where did they bring the ashes? In the Mishkan, they put it outside of all three camps. In the base of Mikdash, it was brought outside of the city. This is not the same place where they would bring stones with saras on it. They also brought the stones with saras on it to a place outside of the city. They did not put the ashes in the same place. That's a makom tameh. This has to be brought to a makom tahor, which it says at the end of the Pasuk. It's got to be brought to an actual makom tahor. The Abarbanel says it was a special known place where they would bring the ashes and pile it up over there, and it was always used for that purpose, and no one else was allowed in there because they didn't want to make the area tummy. As we said before, it could be done with a balmum. Balaturim says, Acherim Bahotzi is the same gematria as Kohane Bale Mumin. It's 377. The only difference is you've got to take out a vav from the word mumin in order for that to work. That Teres Adar talks about why that works within the Balaturim. The Chiskuni understands it from the fact that it doesn't say the word Kohen here. Just as Vahotzia Zedesh and Mukhuzmacha does say Vahotzia coin. So clearly anybody would be able to do it and it shouldn't be a problem whatsoever. The Shach asks the question. He says, Why do you have to take it outside the camps? Weren't there miracles that when they threw the bodies of the birds with the feathers and stuff that they didn't burn on the Mizbeach, that it got swallowed up by the Azara? Swallowed up. And you couldn't find any remnants of it afterward. Why couldn't they do that here? Why couldn't the ashes? just be swallowed up by the Azara the same way that they were. Why wouldn't that be okay? The Klecheres and Zvachim, Tzadi, Vavam, and Aleph, says the same thing. They got swallowed up by the ground. Why couldn't that happen over here? She says, an interesting Allah, he says, an animal is brought as a korban, it's brought as four different parts. The ruach of the animal becomes a reach nichoach, a sweet-smelling spice to HaKadosh Baruch The fire is consumed by the fire. And the mayim, represented by the blood of the animal, is sprinkled on the Mizbeach. 
The final part is the offer. And guys, obviously, you notice there's Aish, there's Ruach, there's Mayim, and now finally offer the four element, elements that they believe the world was made out of. The offer is the body of the animal that becomes ashes. It's brought back to the dirt outside of the machna. It's put in the dirt and becomes part of the dirt. Klecheres is different from an animal. The animal is pure from the ground. There's no nishama in it. There's nothing special. It's got a ruach. It's got a spirit, but that's all it has. The body of a human being, klecheres represents a human being. That has to be swallowed up. Yes, we're dirt and we're formed from dirt. We go back to the dirt. But we're going to be brought back by Tchias So it's swallowed up by the ground miraculously and it can be brought back at any time. That's the hint as to why, says the Shach, why the clay Kharis was swallowed up and the dirt, the ashes of the, the regular Korbanos were not done in the same way. Ramosha wonders in Kol Rami says why they needed to bring it to a Makom Tahor if the ashes cannot become Tameh anyway. Ashes can't become tummy. They're not a kli. They're not a person. They're not anything. So why not bring it to a makom tummy? You got to bring it to a makom tohor. What's the point? Another lesson. A person should always worry about who he's hanging around with. Let's say you own a company that entirely deals with non-Jews. You have entirely people, non-Jews of all types, and they're of a lowly level. You're not talking about guys who have been to college and have been to... I'm not saying that's a higher level. I'm not necessarily saying that's a higher level. We're not dealing with guys who are necessarily educated. You're dealing with guys who are on a lower level who their idea of a good time is hanging out at a bar and drinking all night long. That's their idea of a good time. And that's the people that you're hanging around. You think to yourself, well, I'm going to be different because I am who I am. I'm not going to let that affect me. I'm not going to hang out with those guys. I'm not going to be like those guys. And that'll work for a little bit. Ramosha says... Just like people are affected by the germs of another person, just like their germs can spread, if not for the good old masks, it can be spread by sneezing or by coughing or anything like that, so too the ruchness of a person can 100% be spread to you and enter your body without you ever realizing it. The, the Pasuk in Devarim, Parik Yud Pasukhov says, Uvo Sidbak. Hang out around Talmidei Chachamim. Why? Because when you're around Talmidei Chachamim, you're going to act like Talmidei Chachamim. And if you're around people of baser natures, then you're going to act like you're in a baser nature. Let's say you came back from Yeshiva just for Pesach, right? Let's say you're back here for a little bit. See, when you're in Eretz Yisrael, you're around people who are in growth mode. And since everybody else is in growth mode, you're automatically in growth mode. It's not that you're affected by your surroundings and that you wouldn't be as great if not for them. It's not true. It's just automatic. If everybody else is in growth mode, I want to be like them. And then all of a sudden you come back for Pesach and there's a little bit of a It's not because you need them to grow. It's that the Sviva, everybody around you, the friends, the people you're hanging out with are in that mode with you. When you go back to another place where not everybody is in that mode with you, then automatically you can't keep it up. That's the idea of what's happening over here. And that's why Ramosha says, even if you're just ashes, even if you can't be Makabal Tuma, you don't think anything could happen to you. It doesn't make a difference. Nonetheless, go to a Makam Tahor. Take those ashes and place them in Makam Tahor. Have a connection to someone who's a good friend, to a rabbi, to something else out there, so that these terrible things won't happen. Similarly, Rav Sternbuch says, Quite often you see people of a certain type of frumkite who are willing to send their kids to a school that is not on their level, 
but for a reason, for a certain need that the child may have. And this is not a general speaking, like never send your kid. There are people who the only thing they can do and the best thing for them to do is to send to a certain school. But if a person doesn't need to, and a kid is in that environment, what do you think is going to happen? What do you think is going to happen? Of course, there are needs. There are needs. What Rav Sternbach is saying is not that you shouldn't send your kid to those areas. Obviously, everybody has to make a decision on their own. It's that you should have the, op- the option within your sviva, wherever you are, to be able to give that kid that option. It shouldn't have to be, chas v'shon, that a person has to go to a public school to get a certain education that they can't get in the Jewish schools because they're underfunded, understaffed, which are both true, right, and underexperienced. It shouldn't be that way. So we have to think of something, think of a way to be able to let them be there. But we, we're underestimating the power of what this sviva could be, of what, those envi- what that environment is to such a child. And we have to be so careful about it. The base Yaakov of Ishbish says the following. He says, even the solace of Yisrael, the garbage of Yisrael, it doesn't seem to have even a little bit of kedusha with it. It's considered outside of the camp. It's the ashes outside of the camp. Even that requires a tikkun to be able to bring it back to its Kedusha state. And even that can get it. Don't give up on it. Don't say it's never going to happen. I'm never going to be able to do what I need to do. Bring it to a makom tahor. It might be ashes, but you have no idea what could happen with it. And I'm assuming that this exact same lesson could be done with Tchiyas Mason. That concept of Tchiyas Mason. We think it's done. It's over. I can't do anything. I'm dead. There's no way my dirt can come back to life. But even then, the dirt can come back to life. Even then, there's something that can happen. Even then, there's a concept that can be there. Now, we're going to go into a little bit more of a Hasidish idea. Rosh Shlomo brought down this idea of how to strip off one's gashmias and clothe themselves in ruchmias. Similar to Moshe Rabbeinu and Yoshua. Guys, remember Moshe Rabbeinu was told to take off his shoes. Take off your shoes. Even Yoshua. Take your shoe off of your foot, even though it's only one shoe. But they were able to take off their physicality, their gashmis, and able to look at things in a spiritual way. Yitzchak Avinu being blind did not necessarily mean that he was blind. He was blind to the physicality around him. His mind was entirely ruchni. The way the Rav Elyelopian, Lahavdo Alpha Elafavdalo, see Yitzchak But the way Rav Elyelopian was able to see without seeing, to be able to look at someone, and to be able to see without seeing physically the person in front of them, the way the Abir Yaakov was able to see the malachim of people around him, as opposed to seeing the person themselves. Listen to the story from Shlomo Yosef Zevin. He brings it down to Sipuri Chasidim. He says, once, Rav David Chain, the Rav of Charnikov, he went to go visit the fourth Lubavitcher Rebbe, the son of the Tzemach Tzedek, who was known as the Maharash. The Maharash was well known to spend an hour in Yechidus. And Yechidus meant that people would come in, they would ask him shilas, they would bring him a patek, he would daven for them, listen to them, and go ahead, and whatever it was, right? And the masharis, the server, the guy who was in charge, you know, the gabai, I guess you could say, of the marash, could not understand it. After an hour of meeting with these people, and the marash seemingly just sitting down and talking to them the whole time, the marash would be so sweaty, he would have sweated through all of his clothing, that he needed to change out of everything. Change out of everything. He had another set of clothing that he would put on after he finished speaking to all these people, and then he would go home. So the guy saw Rav Chain, the Rav of Chernikov, sitting there waiting to talk to the, to, to the Marash, and he said to him, what's the Rebbe doing in there? What's the Rebbe doing? What's he doing during the Echidus? Why is he sweating so much? 
The Rav of Charnikov did not say anything. And the reason why is because he knew the Marash was a great tzaddik. You don't question the, what a tzaddik does or why it happens. But the Gabbai, the Mesharis, just couldn't stop. He just kept saying, I just don't understand it. I see him all the time. What's he doing? He's just sitting down. Why is he, why is he so sweaty? Couldn't understand it. Suddenly the Marash appears. He heard, overheard what the Misharis was saying, and he told the Misharis, the Misharis, he said, listen, today's your last day. Okay? You're not going to be serving me anymore. You're not going to be my gabe anymore. You're going to go home. You're still going to get paid. I don't want to take your job away. I don't want you to lose your money from it. You'll still get paid, but you're not working for me anymore. The Misharis obviously fell back. He said, Rebbe, Rebbe, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. But the Marash turned to him and said, do you want to know why I'm so sweaty? When a person comes in, and they're putting down a patek, and I have to daven for them. They're expecting me to understand where they are, how they've been, and what they want to do. I can't do that while I'm in my current body. As the Maharash, I can't understand where Ploni Almoni is. So I have to take off my Gashmias, put on the other man's clothing, so to speak. Put it on. Realize where he's coming from. And then sit there, understand it, know it, go through his pain. And then take it off, put it back, and bring back other clothing for myself, my own clothing, and then answering his Shiloh. I have to change clothes. I met with 25 people over the last hour. 25 people. That means I changed clothes 50 times. You don't think you would sweat if you were changing clothes 50 times in one hour? 50 times in one hour. That's what the Marash said. There's a depth to what he's saying here. There's an idea that he's trying to say over here. The lavash, this idea of what we're talking about in the Pusik, of the, what we're saying is the fashat es begadov, that the Kohen would strip off his clothing. He would take off the clothing that he wore for his regular voda. The lavash begadim acherim, and he would put on other clothing. Sometimes certain sadikim have the ability to take themselves away from where they are and understand empathetically where the other person is coming from. And not just empathetically, not just in the psychological way of understanding I know who he is. I don't know who he is. Literally putting yourself in his shoes to understand what he needs. And that way he can answer the Shiloh in the best possible way. It's scary to think that there are people like that out there, but that's what the Marash was able to do. The Be'er Mayim Chaim says exactly this. This Pasuk says, in order to rid yourself, you want to make yourself holy? Get rid of the garbage. It's Sur Meirah. And then Ba'ase Tov, you can dress yourself up in holier clothing. You can raise your level of Ava and Yiras Hashem. The Deshen refers to Taivas, the pleasures of the world. The ashes, it's garbage. It's garbage and we know it's garbage. But we have to get rid of that in order to get to the next level. And with each person to his own idea, whatever you need to do. And what greater Chag of that, what greater Chag is there than Pesach for such a concept? To be able to knock out the Chometz. We just did Bidikas Chometz. To knock out our Chometz, to get rid of that garbage, and to dress ourselves in brand new ideas, something else there. It should be. I'm not saying this is what happens. But when we finish Bidika, and we're ready to burn the chametz. We're mavato the chametz as if we're saying to ourselves, we're no, I'm no longer Tzvi Zimmerman. I'm a different person than what I was. I changed myself. On Yom Kippur, we can do that by davening. On Pesach, we can do that by getting down on our hands and knees and searching for garbage. That's what we can do. That's who foshat is begadav v'lobach begadim acherim. To be able to have something else to change yourself, to, to take off that external, ex, ex, external appearances that you have and allow yourself to be a brand new person. 
The Rugas Abosim says every mitzvah requires hachana before you do it. And that makes sense, right? You've got to prepare yourself before you do every mitzvah. Chasidim therefore say harenim izamin espi lahodos lahalal right before bar shamar before pesukah zimra they'll do like a little thing before every single mitzvah for that reason before putting on sitzes before putting on tefillin they say like a little thing to be miyached shem yudhe with the vavhe etc kuchabrihu shchinte yeah. And the Haggadah, right, to be able to say it, to be able to get yourself ready. That there are so many mitzvahs in there. As I see for you, the Gros says there are 64 mitzvahs on this night of Pesach. I could never get more than 23. I have no idea what he's talking about. But he says there are 64 mitzvahs on this night, if you can do it properly. Prepare yourself for it. Get yourself ready for such a thing. That's why those chassidim that are saying that a person, therefore, before he does anything, he has to learn the halachos properly. He has to take care of himself. He has to know what he's doing. And the Pasuk is telling us, you know how to prepare yourself properly? Get yourself ready to do it. Take off the previous clothes you had before and put on something else. Realize where you are, who you are, what you're doing, and get yourself ready for the avoda that you're about to do. That's the concept. That's what a person has to do for himself, to show that you're in a constant state of moving upward, a constant state of growth. That's the idea behind it. There is more. The Rabbeinu Ephraim says an unbelievable thing. The Medrash says, on this Pasuk, when a tzaddik dies, they dress him up in anane hakavod and anane zohar. And that's the begadim acherim. This pasik is referring to what happens to a person after death, a tzaddik after death. He understands it based on other things, referring to the Gehenim, etc. Eish tamid to kanal izbeach lo sechbez, Gehenim, etc. But that's unbelievable. But Tam Bedas says the Vilna Gon used to grab his sitzes, he used to, he grabbed his sitzes on his deathbed, grabbed his sitzes, and began to cry. He said, it's hard for me to leave a world where you can buy Olam Haba for 30 bucks. You can buy a pair of tzitzis for 30 bucks and every single second of a day you can get a mitzvah for it. That's ridiculous. Why in the world wouldn't a person do that? I, I can't believe it sometimes when I see a kid not wearing tzitzis. It shocks me. Even when they say like, it's nighttime, Rabbi. There's no real, there's no real mitzvah. Tzitzis is a mitzvah video, right? So we have like six, 77 possible mitzvahs nowadays, and some of them are yibum, chalitza, and gitten, which I hope nobody ever has to do. We've got 77 of them. You have an opportunity to do a mitzvah every single second of the day. And you're like, I don't know. Well, like when a person is trying anything he can to not to bench. Benching is a deal raisa. Why are you getting around it? Don't get around it. Do it. That's the idea behind what Tom Vedas is saying. Says the girl, what are you doing? What are you doing? Put on that clothing. Get yourself ready for that. Take advantage of that time while we're still around. I'm going to end with this from Victor Miller. Where Victor Miller says, at the, this is the end of the Korban Ola being brought. When you bring a Korban Ola, this is what happens. After the Ola ascends to the heavens in smoke, right? The return of the soul, so to speak, to HaKadosh Baruch Hu above. The ashes are put to rest near the Mizbeach to wait for Tchiyas HaMesim, which I hinted to before, when the ashes will be reunited with the Neshama to get its final reward. And that symbolism is so obvious. Before davening, you wash your hands just like the Kohanim do. Just like the Kohanim before the Arvodi, you wash your hands. 
we dress up for davening. Similar to the Kohanim wearing white big day kahuna. They have white big day kahuna, getting themselves ready for it. You purify your body before davening. You're removing the ash from the Mizbeach in order to start a new avoda. Just like the Korbanos are a constant expression of Akaris Atov for everything Akaris Baruch has done to us, so to the cleansing the Mizbeach is an expression of endless Akaris Atov for the miraculous process of us going to the bathroom. Says Rabbi Victor Miller, the whole point of Otsah Sadeshin is to teach you Hakara Satov. We talked about other Midos before, but to say thank you, Akarish Baruch, for being able to take the ashes out of our body, for doing that and getting rid of the garbage. We're all Kohanim in the service of Hashem. We have to do what the Kohanim did, wear special clothing in any way possible. And when we have the possibility of doing, of getting rid of the Tumah, we take advantage of that and we do it at every given instance that we can to make it our constant thought and attitude. And if we got that, then we know what it means to be motzi the deshen out of the nachna. We'll stop with that, everybody. Have a great Shabbos and a great pace.